ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Very surreal to see the father of hip-hop in Queanbeyan of all places. You know, it's like a, a few worlds away from Bronx. But he was there and he was in our house. And I had to just, I just caught myself a few times that night just staring at him like, wow, this is cool. Welcome to Days Like These. I'm Faz Adraki. And this episode is about how a New York hip-hop pioneer found himself at a house party in Queanbeyan, just across the border from Canberra. The person who invited him to spin records is himself a hip-hop pioneer, and his career changed forever when the DJ known as Cool Herc accepted the invitation. Our reporter Sam Wicks brings you this story. All right, all right. Let's rewind to 2004 when Haolatu Kefu was already a veteran of the local hip-hop scene. After years of indifference, Australian hip-hop is finally getting some mainstream support. But an internal war is being waged between MCs with different approaches to their rhymes. Watch this. Mr. Acting Speaker, in making my first speech in this place, I congratulate you on your election. I wish to say how proud I am to be here as the independent artist for coolism. I come here not as a polished politician, but as an MC who had his fair share of life's knocks. We are proud to use our natural accents, and the Australian accent is quite brash anyway, but it was our identity. It was our way of differentiating ourselves from artists that represented the US, that represented Japan, that represented the UK, Europe. Hip-hop is about anti-establishment. It's about breaking rules. But there are still a lot of unwritten rules with hip-hop that you have to abide by in order to be a part of the culture. There's no biting, no plagiarism. With his DJ and producer, Daniel Ellison, how is one half of hip-hop outfit coolism? And there's no way you'll find them biting. We took that no biting as, you know, we can't bite other people's accent. That's not us. We're not being our authentic self. A 27-year-old citizen, a life, no kids, no wife. I'm good happy with how things are going, knowing I got a love of man, support of friends. So I got a roof over my head and never short events. There is a lot of conflict between those who wanted to use the American accent and those who want to use natural accent. And, you know, some people got into physical altercations about the accent debate, you know, getting physical about the way someone rapped, that's nuts. Howe doesn't resort to violence, but he is very serious about finding his voice. Outgrowing his American influences, he puts in his 10,000 hours and pioneers his own style. I did have like a kind of Queenbian, Canberra twang to my thing, but also being of Tongan descent. I also have an accent of Polynesian or Pacifica person. The way I looked, the way I put my words together, the way I delivered those words. Going to church and listening to hymns, I learned about harmonies and those harmonies I would start putting in my music. That made it authentic as you can be. It was important for me to sound like that and to also represent that. This tongue and through your thick skull over dance, cut some more nuts in a mixed bowl. The tide of Australian hip-hop is rising, and coolism rises with it. They've just dropped their third album, Part 3, Random Thoughts. 
and it's getting them in front of their biggest audiences yet. How's everyone feeling tonight? We all feeling good? Yeah, yeah, DJ Daniel's song with the twos of one, X, Ackler's on deck. This is how we started. This tour was very special to us because it really felt like, okay, we're going where we've always wanted to go. We're getting the love for the records. We're getting the love for being ourselves, which was very important. We were playing venues that were bigger than usual. More people were coming through. And we're going to do a little something like this. Who's on deck? We got have one deck. In Sydney, they're playing to 800 fans at a sold-out Gaelic club in Surrey Hills. It's a very special moment for us. And my girl's there, our crew is there. You know, we were just hitting our strides and hitting that stage. It's just a moment of, man, we made it. All right, we all feeling good, yeah? Feeling good, thank you, Coolism teared the roof off Gaelic Club, leaving everything on the stage. With their work done, it's time to pack down. Daniel's DJ setup is squeezed into a sedan before they head home to get some rest. Shani gets up early because she needs to go to work. I'm still in bed, just kind of slowly waking up. You know, kisses goodbye, heads downstairs, and then I get a call from Shady. I'm thinking, that's kind of weird. Maybe she left something. I answer the phone, yo, and I can hear she's crying. And she was fighting through the crying, saying that the car had been broken into and everything was stolen. And my heart sank. It's not just Daniel's DJ setup that's stolen, but zip drives full of unreleased coolism tracks. Adding insult to injury... The thieves make off with crates full of rare records. So once we realized how much was taken, we had to take stock. Like, okay, these are the beats that we're using at shows, records that we're using at the shows, and we had a show coming up in about six days. So we had to figure out what we were going to do, and we just had to kick into that survival mode of like, okay, shit, this is all gone, but what are we going to do instead? How digs through every rubbish bin from Chippendale to Redfern. But no luck. Coolism's gear is gone. And those tracks destined for their next album will never be heard. They scramble to restock their record crates, and the tour limps on. All right. Everybody, come on, let's roll. While Coolism are left shaken, Australia's rock-dominated landscape is also experiencing some seismic shifts. The ARIA Awards are Australia's biggest night in music. And they finally recognise hip-hop with a Best Urban Release Award. The catch-all category doesn't sit well with some, but Howe's still stoked when he gets word that Coolism had been put forward for the award. Obviously, I wasn't thinking we are going to make the shortlist, but the fact that people thought, OK, we see Coolism, we see their work, we love what they do. Even though there were heavier artists in there, they decided to throw their vote behind us. And, you know, I was very humbled. And after a while, they shortlisted the nominees for Best Urban Release. And Coolism had made it. Coolism was part of that five. And I remember seeing it. I kind of, what? No, no way. Is this true? And I, I ran my wife and... I was super stoked, and to celebrate that nomination, I went to KFC and <laughs> had some fried chicken. A bucket of chicken down. It's time to scrub up for the real celebration. How needs an outfit to meet the moment. 
nice kind of tan cargos. I had the white kicks, you know, super fresh, super clean. Had like a teal shirt, three buttons down, you know, like feeling all tanned and buff. And I had the white cheese cutter. So, you know, I had to step onto the, the red carpet styling. You know, my wife had a beautiful jade silk dress happening. And Daniel came as his B-boy self with a track top and cap. And, and you know, we decided to hit the red carpet, you know, because that's what you do with these award shows. Even though we knew, no one knew who we were, we thought, ah, let's just gradually make our way down. And it was a cool experience, you know, we were seeing people like Guy Sebastian and Asha Hines, you know, these people that you would grow up seeing on TV and they were just there and celebrating music. Among the A-list of Australian music, how spots someone familiar, standing a good two feet taller than everyone else? It was an imposing figure, buff. He had long dreadlocks almost down to his knees, you know, like dark skin, cool glasses, and it was a person that you knew wasn't from around here. I had to kind of double take and look, nah, no way. Is that really? And I'm talking about father of hip hop himself, the father of culture and music that we had dedicated our lives to. That dreadlocked figure on the red carpet was none other than the legendary Bronx DJ credited as being the originator of hip-hop. If you're unfamiliar with the name Cool Herc, class is in session. DJ Cool Herc, the father of hip-hop, originally from Jamaica, DJing with the local sounds of reggae and dancehall and... Of course, the massive, massive speakers that they'd have in their live PA systems that they would do over there. He would journey to the Bronx, New York, bring his sounds, bring his setup, and would rock these legendary parties in New York City. Cool Herc rocked his first block party on August 11, 1973, spinning records at 1520 Sedgwick Avenue, the Bronx. He would have two turntables playing these classic soul and funk, prog rock and all these rock records and would extend the break. And the break was the term that would give a part of a song where it would break down into a drum beat or into some kind of musical composition where the dancers would flood the floors to. And he would extend that break by playing two of the same records and playing it back to back and extending it. And that would be the turn to party. People would come on as MCs, announce things throughout the party, sometimes do a couple of rhymes. And that was the birth of what we now call hip hop, the culture and the music that we love today. Cool Herc was the one that kind of brought it all together under this one umbrella and called it hip hop. 50 years on from Herc making history, hip-hop is the world's biggest music genre. And alongside his Tongan heritage, it's the culture that Howe was raised in. On the Aria's red carpet, Howe's awestruck in the presence of the man who made it all possible. Of course we have to go pay our respects. Seeing him and approaching him and him being super friendly and, and us saying, like, we're there because of him and we're there because of hip-hop, it was a very, very special moment. You know, I think he was very appreciative 
of the fact that he was at uh, Night of Nights for music and that there were these kids nominated for their hip-hop that was a part of his lineage. And here he was in Australia seeing firsthand some descendants of what he had done. Having hailed the Godfather, it's time for Coolism to take their seats at the Sydney Superdome. Still the pointiest awards in the uh, entertainment industry. Having a good night so far? It is as elaborate as you'd imagine. You know, like tables and, you know, there was drink service, food service, celebrities everywhere, big stage. On our table were our names, which was pretty far out to see. And then there was the program. And we're obviously looking for, okay, when's the best urban release category? And it was towards the start of the night. It almost felt like we are going to be put out of our misery early on in the night so we can spend the rest of the night just drinking and having fun. All right, to help present our next award, please welcome Will I Am, Apple the App, Taboo and Fergie, the Black Eyed Pea. What's up, Australia? To present the best urban award was Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas were the biggest... I mean, you know, they were mad pop, but still hip-hop. They were one of the, the biggest acts in the world. They got to reading the nominations and... Our name was said out loud and we saw our video clip on the big screen and we were looking at each other smiling like, wow, like, check that out. The aria goes to... Coolism for part three random thoughts! How and Daniel are completely unprepared for this moment. You know, we were like kangaroo in, in headlights. Uh, Monty said, you know, to, um, to write something just in case you win. I was like, come on, man, we're not going to win. Um, we'd like to accept this on behalf of the whole Australian hip-hop community. We're trying to build this foundation. Howe's on his biggest stage yet, and he's using the opportunity to play hip-hop statesman. His production partner has other plans. All the Australians that keep it real, for want of a better phrase, be yourselves, enough of that American wannabe trash. The way that he worded it and his, the way he delivered it came off a lot more brash than it really was. <laughs> there was some rumbling in the crowd and uh, Black Eyed Peas were like looking around like, what the hell, what's going on? And even me, I was like, oh, shit. And I remember Black Eyed Peas were about to announce another category and I remember one of them was singing, where is the love? And I just pissed myself. Daniel's made headlines with his speech, but Howe's missed a trick with his. In the madness of the moment, he didn't thank the most important person in the room, Cool Herc, the architect behind the very art form the award celebrated. Howe manages to push his regrets to the side, and he's taking a victory lap a few nights later at a nightclub. He bumps into someone he knows, who reintroduces him to Black Eyed Peas frontman Will I Am. He's like, oh, this is how. Oh, yeah, you know how you presented him the award the other night for Best Urban Release. And, you know, I was like, hey, man, you know, good to see you. And he was just looking at me like, yeah, and where are the girls? You know, like, it was a very dismissive kind of look. And for me, like, respect is a very big thing. And I was gritting my teeth. But while Howe's not impressed by Will I Am, he does see an opportunity to put something right. He spots Cool Herc and makes his move. I knew I had to thank him, like face to face, again. 
you know, because for me, I, I couldn't thank someone like that enough. Like he had given me this opportunity to make a living and a career out of something I love. Place. I said, man, let me at least, uh, you know, I want to buy a drink. He's like, oh, yeah, are you sure? Are you sure? And I was like, man, that is the very least I can do for you. It is the least he can do. So he does something else. I'm going to invite Cool Herc, father of hip hop, to Queen Bien, to a party three and a half hours away to DJ at my parents' house with the help. Mm-hmm. What's the worst you could say? No. So, you want to come to this party in Queen Where the hell is Queen And, you know, fair enough. You know, uh, it's a long trek from Sydney, even longer trek from South Bronx. But the energy was like, like no matter where this party was, he knew he had to be there and he had to represent and he had to see how far his legacy has reached. Despite knowing that this was going to be an almost a four-hour car trip to his party, he was down. This is huge. Cool Herc is going to rock a house party in Queanbeyan, a world away from hip-hop's ground zero. I knew it was going to be like just a, a select few of the close friends and family. And I did mention to my parents the significance of who DJ Cool Herc is and, and the significance of him being at that party. And I was explaining to them like who he was and what he did and how much it means for him to be there. And I just remember my parents looking at me like, oh yeah, that's nice. The name Cool Herc might not register with Hal's parents, but no matter who's invited, parties at the Latu Kefus are legendary and it'll be a full Tongan spread on offer. So a party at a house was a quite a regular occurrence. I mean, I wouldn't even call it a party. I would call it more of a gathering. Because it was quite civilised, never got too wild. Your typical setting would involve a lot of food, kind of traditional Aussie barbecue type of affair. You know, the grill burning with chops and steaks and sausages then you would have the more traditional Tongan dishes like yams and sweet potatoes, fish and lusiki, which is like taro leaves with lamb in it with coconut cream and that's kind of baked in an umu and an umu is like an underground oven. A lot of labor, but it was definitely worth the process. Right about now, we like to fucking go. My dad has this special dish that he created. I don't even know if he has a name for it, but he gets a pumpkin, guts the seeds, and then replaces that with corned beef, sour cream, with spinach, puts the top back on and chucks it in the oven and bakes it for a while. And that is like the dish. The food is out, of course, staple part of a family gathering and the other staple part is the music my parents would play Tonga music traditional music which kind of sounds a bit like country music so that kind of music was playing you know as guests would arrive and then once there's a good bunch of people Daniel would jump up on the turntables and be spinning records and be spinning like classic hip hop, a lot of classic funk and soul. Kind of just set the mood, I guess. Tonight, though, 
Howe's partner in crime is going to have to do something different. The father of hip-hop was stepping in and I know Daniel had to really think about the records that he was going to pack. This was serious for him to DJ next to DJ Cool Herc who was being rocking parties since the 70s. But for Cool Herc, it's business as usual. It was just a spin out to see Cool Herc in the lounge room spinning these records that he'd been spinning at these legendary parties and probably only six of us knowing who he really was where everyone else was like, oh yeah, it's this guy from America DJing, you know, not knowing who the man really was. That made it even more funny that there was only a select few that really knew what was going on. But for how, Herc's presence in his family home is beyond mind-blowing. I would just have to pinch myself seeing DJ Cool Herc in our lounge room in Queen Bien, DJing, and at times he'll be going back to back with Daniel playing these classic funk and soul prog rock music and I would just catch myself staring. Just man, can you believe this? At one point of the night I ventured outside to the, the barbecue area with my dad and my uncles were cooking up and drinking and, and I saw cool work right in there amongst them telling these elaborate stories about gun violence and knife violence in New York and how he got stabbed and shot and I just remember seeing my uncles and my dad's laughing kind of like I don't understand what's happening but let's just laugh anyway kind of laugh <laughs> and it was a very surreal moment seeing Cool Herc and my relatives just chopping it up and when Herc finishes telling hard knock stories how and Daniel grab their chance to have a quiet word with the man they owe so much to they had a few things on their minds so after Ar- the Arias and Daniel's speech about wannabe Americans and us taking our stance and wanting to sound Australian, there was a lot of backlash. So a lot of people were reaching out like, oh, we don't agree with what you say, this and that, the other. We felt like we weren't wrong. You know, we felt like all this kind of backlash and negative reactions was kind of unwarranted. And all that anger... It didn't change how and Daniel's belief in what they were doing, but it had them on edge. So they talked it out with the father of hip-hop in the house How grew up in in Queanbeyan. Herc listened and gave them some advice. You should be yourselves, be present, represent who you are, where you're from. You know, it just goes back to no biting. You can't say that you're from America when you're not. You can't rap like you're American when you're not. And what you guys are doing is what you should be doing. You should be yourselves, talking about what you know, talking about where you're from, and that's as hip-hop as it gets. This story was reported by Sam Wicks and mixed by Russell Stapleton. Our executive producer is Sophie Townsend. It was produced on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri and Gadigal peoples. And if you want to know more about Hao Latukefu's hip-hop history, check out his memoir, King, Life, Death and Hip-Hop. Hao is also the host of Sky High on Double J. And he's also the host of the Pacific's hottest new music show, In the Fale. When you're in the Fale with Hao, you'll hear dancehall to disco, 
reggae to roots and hip-hop to house music on Radio Australia or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've got a story, please share it with us. You can send a voice memo or an email. Just drop us a line at dayslikethese at abc.net.au. But if you can't wait, check out the Days Like These back catalogue. We have lots of great stories, just like this one. And here we go. Rolling sound, quiet. I just felt like the whole world was like looking at me and I was making the biggest fool of myself that anyone had ever made. Because it wasn't me, I just knew how cheap and ridiculous this idea was. As I go in to put the stupid black nose on and just drag out this dog suit again, I've got Elijah Wood waiting for me, all these big Hollywood executives, and I just said, this is a bad joke gone too far. That's just a taste of what you'll hear on days like these. Listen wherever you get your podcasts on the ABC Listen app. I'm Faza Draki, and I'll catch you next time. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.